excited to get into the message today, but there's a few things going on. Uh, tonight, there's a youth service. Uh, my wife and I, if you guys didn't know that, we were the youth pastors here for a number of years um, before we became the senior pastors this month, roughly, what, nine years ago? I think I lose track of time. Uh, so it's been around 10 years since I have led worship at a youth service, and I'll be doing that tonight. So it will not be live streamed, okay? Let me just repeat that. It will not be online. Uh, so anyways, if you have teenagers, um, bring them out. If you, if you know some guys, the section that's supposed to be teens here, uh, bring your friends. But anyway, so that's going to be fun. That's tonight at what time? Six o'clock. Six to 7.30. So come up for that. Um, I want to highlight just a few things that we've done this week. Uh, we, we're, we're in a kind of a new slogan that we adopted for this year and, and, and going forward as a church, worship, grow, go. And I know we've been highlighting, and we will for a few more weeks, the worship, because we do feel that the grow happens in the presence of God. As we get full of him, we will grow, and that will compel us and fill us up to go. You freely you receive, freely you give. You can't give something away that you don't have. So we're focusing, and our top priority is ministry unto the Lord, his presence, worship. So, so we've been on that. But we did some going this week, all right? And uh, some of the things you saw highlighted, our, our uh, outreach pastor, Steve Bowen, he and Patty are watching online today, but um, they, they partnered with a church. He did some training for a church in Cincinnati this week. Uh, one of the other things um, that we did is we sent a care package to Kristen Domke, who's overseas, so you would have seen that on our our social media, and uh, it was just right at the right season for her, so I know she's typically watching every Sunday from overseas, uh, so we just gave her a Valentine's Day care package, but one of the big things we did was, uh, those of you who don't know, we, we actually have a partnership in slight ownership. Uh, we have a nonprofit called Grounds for Pleasure Coffee House, and so we partnered as two ministries, um, and we provided a gift card to all Tip City staff, not just teachers, entire staff, custodians, bus drivers, the entire staff, 350 almost, 330 or so, uh, of those staff to provide a free drink to them every one uh, day a month for the rest of the year. Uh, so it was several thousand dollars that, that it cost us uh, that we did, um, but we just wanted to show our appreciation. So, so sometimes it's not, it's not just about uh, sharing the gospel or leading people to salvation or, or those things. That, that's ultimately um, would be the hope, the goal, because we know that there's freedom, there's a transformed life in Christ. But sometimes it's just in our going, we're making disciples. So we're showing, it says, um, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. And it's kindness evangelism. We just want to love. We want to love well. And if that leads people to Christ, we're hopeful it does, then great. Otherwise, it's seeds, and we are seed sowers. Uh, so that's part of what you guys have sown into. Uh, we are trying to always be creative in how we love, how we go out, and how we go. All right? So anyways, you were part of that. So let's give um, whoever's ideas those were, and also just the tips they said. Let's give them a hand right now. If you're tuning in and maybe you got one of those cards and you're watching, we love you. We appreciate you. Those were no strings attached and uh, just to reveal the love of Jesus through some creative ways. All right, so we've got some guest speakers coming up. Uh, we got Jamie Van Gelder coming in a couple weeks. We got a friend named Catherine Mullins who's gonna lead worship for us in a few weeks. Um, so we're excited to host them. And then my buddy Scott Thompson's gonna be here somewhere around turkey hunting season in May. So uh, I think we're gonna do some turkey hunting. Uh, and then uh, at the end of the year, around August, we have a guy from Upper Room Dallas coming. He's one of the co-founders. His name's Peter Lewis. So excited for the year. I uh, got a lot going on. 
If you've not been with us the last few weeks, catch it online, last week specifically. So I introed the series, and we, we've been going after this since the beginning of the year already, the worship part of Worship, Grow, Go. Last week, Nicole hit a home run, hit it out of the park. How many agree with that? The rest of you weren't paying attention. So she's my favorite, most beautiful preacher, all right? So at any rate, it was called Lavish Devotion, and it was just incredible the heart in worship, the heart, the why behind what we do, the why we worship, the, just that lavish devotion and how much the Lord has poured out on us, what he's given uh, as a sacrifice for us and what that means to us just to fall at his feet and worship him and make that our first ministry. Uh, so if you missed that, catch it. And I'm just gonna come in right, right from there. Um, and let me just give you some background. I was driving by the church. I, I live um, pretty close, just down the road. And Driving by, I think I, I dropped a kid off school or something, was coming back home, and um, I texted Nicole, by the way, side note. I texted Nicole last night, so have the kids text you uh, any dads being mean text this trip? She's like, no, none. I was like, home run, yes. We've not called this squad. We've not gone to the emergency room, and she's not even gotten a text that dad's being mean. <laughs> I, I, moms, you guys are like superstars. Let me, let me just say, moms and grandmas and, and those of you who have taken care of children in here, children's workers, school teachers, babysitters. Like, I, I had texted a couple friends last night. We were working on some stuff. Steve Justice had some questions, and I was like, listen, I'm, I'm overwhelmed this weekend. I've got four kids I'm taking care of. And like, Nicole does it on the daily. That's... Like, I'll leave for a week to go on a ministry trip or do some other stuff, and it's like three or four days. I'm like, okay, is she home yet? It's like, just trying to survive. But at any rate, right, I was driving by the church, and um, the Lord just audibly, I, I've, I don't hear the audible voice of God that often. Maybe a few times, literally. I hear notions, I hear the voice of the Lord, but like an audible voice of the Lord as I drove by, he says, don't build a ministry, build an altar. And, and I was just very clear. I think at times we get caught up and we want to build ministries or build organizations or, or build stuff, even personally, possibly. And he just clearly said, don't build a ministry, build an altar. And I began to reflect on that, and through the week, I changed, uh, through the last two weeks, I changed the complete message I was going to speak today. And I, and I dove into this, and I came into prayer and worship a couple Fridays ago. The team was having just an open night, an impromptu night of worship and prayer, and my family was here. And the Lord um, began to speak to me again about that altar. Sorry. So, um, he's like, go upstairs, look, look for the altar, nudging me, you know, these things. And I was like, man, I don't know. So we used to have these altars at our old building. And the old building on 4th and Plum that we had, there was, this, there was an upper room up there. And we made it into a, a youth meeting space, and then it was a prayer room. And we had these little benches right here. And in that little bench, I was like, man, I don't think we have anymore. I think we gave them away. I think that, I mean, my dad, I think, has one. Maybe my brother and a couple of others. I was like, I don't, and there was one left. So I brought it down, and I wrote on it what it was and began to write out pretty much the message today on the bottom of it in a permanent marker. And it, I began to recall some things. So, so I, been, I began to recall that when we bought this property, I'm going to give you some history of Upper Room here. When we bought this property, my, my grandpa was alive, and my dad and grandpa walked the property. And before I think we even officially owned it, my dad found some wood pieces in the back corner. And, and before, before we purchased it, this was all honeysuckle and brush on this whole property. And, and before we had cleared that, um, and as we were clearing that, he found these wood pieces, a couple logs and a, and a plank. 
and he built an altar in the far corner. Now you'll see a large stone, which at one point we had an eagle sitting on that, and we got a picture, which is really cool. But that, at first it was just this wood plank and these simple boards, and he would come out and he would just pray. So before we ever built a building, before we ever built a ministry here, an altar was built here. And I recalled that in prayer, and I recalled this altar and how significant it was that, that our ministry was really founded on prayer and worship, and our ministry was founding on leading people into the presence of God. Not, we, I'll be honest, we're, we're trying, but we are not the best at programs. But we don't want to be focused on programs. We want to be focused on his presence and then people, then programs. There's a lot of times we, we try to administer in the ministry world. If we do the programs, people will come and we hope the presence is there in a sense. No, we want presence. I don't care if, if it's a room like this with just a, a few people. Like we want presence and if it just transforms one life. You got to recall Jesus rode across an entire sea of Galilee to cast a demon out of one person. It's just the one. I heard Heidi Baker say once, if you want to change the world, love the one in front of you. It's really simple. So I got into this altar thing, and, and then as I recalled, um, it, it's, it's interesting that you probably walk by it every morning you come here, maybe a couple times through the week, those of you who come through some extra stuff through the week here. There's a rock as you come into the doors on the right side, and it's got an engraving on it. And we had the choice between this parameter of numbers to pick our address. And it was this, this long list, and we're like, all right, well, we found a scripture. And this was before we had dug or excavated or done anything. And we're like, 648, let's pick that. And we, we matched it with Luke 648. And it says this, it says, He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. Now, we didn't know that that was also prophetic that we were about to run into $150,000 of rock. We had to jackhammer and explode and work all kinds of extra work. And then, so we're like, oh, what are we gonna do now? So we laid our own stone around the whole building by our own hands because we had to save money. All of these lights, this stage was built by guys in this church and, and ladies that helped out because we had to save now $150,000. And we did it. But we hit rock, and, and it was just this great story for the rest of the duration of this ministry and going forward to that next, this next generation coming up that this is built on a rock. And I'm not talking the limestone that's in the Tip City area and that's presently on this property. I'm talking about the rock of Jesus. I'm talking about it was built on an altar. It was built unto the Lord, not unto people. This is not my church or the pastor's church or the board's church. This is, this is the Lord's house. This is, it said it shall be called the house of prayer, right? This is the Lord's house. This is his place. This is his dwelling place. And we get to come in and be a part and be a family and be this community that goes after it each week. And, and corporately, we get to build these altars together. Today, we build an altar. We have a guest worship leader and drummer, but, but we built an altar together all in sync, right? And Josh and Lydia and Amanda and, and everybody who was up here in Destiny, like we, they led us into building an altar together because let me just say, we will never be in this room again with the same exact people that are here. I don't care what you do. You, you, you can't make this happen again. So we got this experience to happen that, that we built an altar together. So Psalms 127.1 says this, and then I'll get into building altars. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. I want the Lord to build this house. And I don't want to build a ministry. I don't want to build um, uh, stuff or things or flashy things that draw people. I want, I want, to, I want to build an altar and seek his presence. And let me just say, I'm confident to know he'll take care of the rest. 
I remember being burdened by the finances when Nicole and I first took over the church. My mom had passed away, and uh, it was the first year we'd ever had a mortgage for the church in several years. And the one we had prior, my dad had his house on, uh, as collateral for that, for that building. And so it was pretty easy. And then we move into a large mortgage. And I just remember being kind of stressed out about it and, and different things. And I just remember like laying at Jesus' feet, like, Lord, this is your church. It's not mine. It's not the Simmons church. It's not anybody else. This is the Lord's. So it was your genius idea to put us here. So it's got to be your genius plan to, to carry this out if you want it to. And that's been our posture the entire time. This is yours. Financially, people, leadership, servants, it's yours, Lord. So you just make it happen what you want to happen. So we're seeing some amazing things. But let's get into building altars. The old, there was, there's Old Testament and New Testament. I gotta hydrate for uh, the actual message here. That was just intro, like intro to the intro. Now let's enter the message. So Old Testament, New Testament. And if you focus on the Old Testament, everywhere you see worship, everywhere you see a sacrifice, they built an altar. And, and in the middle of the Old Testament, New Testament is Jesus. He then became the ultimate sacrifice where we didn't have to offer up blood sacrifices or, or a physical sacrifice on an altar for worship or even for penance or, or various things. So Jesus became that to change. So you will see, still see occasionally in the New Testament building altars, but there was a shift. So, but everywhere you see in the Old Testament that where it was worship, there was an altar. And the first mention of it is Genesis 4. And it talks about worship. That was the first mention of worship. And it was Cain and Abel. And Cain and Abel offered a sacrifice unto the Lord in their own ways, right? And the Lord rejected one. He received one, okay? So then the second mention uh, was, was Noah. When he got off the ark, okay? It says Noah got off the ark. He built an altar and he worshiped the Lord there. That was the second mention of worship, and he built an altar after he got off the ark. So in essence, building an altar, you offer up a sacrifice. And oftentimes it was an animal sacrifice or a blood sacrifice. And it was always connected to worship, meaning our worship should be sacrificial. When we come unto the Lord, there should be something that we sacrifice. And, and, and again, Jesus became the blood sacrifice. I don't expect you bringing in goats or lambs or sheep in here, okay? Please don't. As much as I love to hunt, not the place, okay? So, so it became this thing to where Jesus became the difference. But the sacrifice we offer now is our hearts, ourselves, our time, our worship, and, and, and specifically our adoration unto the Lord. We're, we're in here in that moment, the last 45 minutes or so, that moment of building an altar as a body here became where we, where we forget about everything going on outside of here, everything going on in this week, maybe everything in our trust, and we just build an altar. Lord, it's yours. This, is, this time, this is yours. You are worthy of it all. You are the focus right now. You are our attention. You are our affection right now. And that's when we tuck our kids in at bed each night, I say a prayer and I say, Lord, now let us turn our affection to you. Let us turn our focus to you as we fall asleep. Let us turn our adoration and our devotion to you right now and let us encounter you through the night and let us worship you in our dreams and our sleep and let us wake up rested. It's always that, each night. Because I heard Bill Johnson say once, he actually created night then day, so our day actually starts at night, so we should probably start it off pretty good. So we get into this worship, and, and maybe it's pride, and, and we see these other areas where they built altars in the Old Testament. Abraham built an altar to sacrifice his son Isaac, which actually became a prophetic symbol of offering a sacrifice that the Lord would eventually fulfill through his son Jesus. 
But it was a sign of obedience, a sign of faith, the sign of trust when we build these altars. Another time is, is the Israelites. Moses is leading them out of Egypt and they build an altar, right? So Jesus eventually came that. But let's go to scripture here, Exodus 20. According to my timer, I got 11 minutes. We're gonna extend that just a little bit today. Exodus 20. It's, it, it's a reference, all right? It gives me some framework, but we may go long today. Exodus 20, 24 through 26. This is laws to Moses about building altars. It says this, And the Lord said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the people of Israel, You have seen for yourselves that I have talked with you from heaven. You shall now not make gods of silver to be with you, nor shall you make yourselves gods of gold. An altar of the earth, everybody say an altar of the earth. You shall make for me and sacrifice it on, on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. Now here's a focus for today. In every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come to you and I will what? Bless you. Then it says, if you make me an altar of stone, you shall not build it of hewn stones, for, you, for if you wield your tool on it, you profane it. Meaning, if, if you try to do this on yourself, if you try to change yourself before you just give yourself as an offering, the Lord's actually gonna reject it. He wants you just as you are. Just bring your offering. Don't bring somebody else's offering. Don't make it look like something it's not. Don't bring the Instagram version of an offering to the Lord. Don't bring the perceived percent, like bring your genuine heart to the Lord. Let me just say, he really knows what's going on anyway. And then it goes on to say, and you shall not go up by the steps to my altar that your nakedness be not exposed on it. Now don't be looking up my jeans today, all right? You're better than that. So, so anyway, let me focus on that for a minute. In every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come to you and bless you. That's, so where do we build altars? We build altars where we want his name to be remembered. We build altars where we want him to be. We build altars where we want blessings. That's where we build altars. And we, some of us, we just need to build an altar. Some of us, we've been building our own things. We've been trying in our own might. We've been trying in our own ways. We've been focusing on, on what the government is saying or what the, the CDC is saying or, or, or all these other things and chaos going on around us. The saying when the Lord's just calling us to build altars. Amen. Let me just say, all of those things will likely lead to hopelessness because they won't be in existence in heaven. If our focus is on things that won't be in heaven, we should probably redirect our focus on something that will dwell in heaven. His presence is there. He is there. We get to build an altar here. We get to have hope and assurance. We get to have trust. We get to have faith and this obedience. And let me just say the picture of heaven in Revelations and what we read last week in Isaiah, two weeks ago in Isaiah, is it's, it's this heavenly realms of these creatures and angels laying down for the sake of the wonder of the Lord. And they sing the same song over and over. They build the same altar over and over and over and over. And it's probably in the same key. And it's probably longer than our five-minute comfortability of a song in church. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And let me just say that altar never gets boring. It never gets old because every holy is a new perception of the goodness of God. For eternity, forever. Worship goes 45 minutes. We're like, man, they done yet? Used to this. There's flags. This is weird. They're building altars. We may not understand their altars. Quit judging altars. <laughs> That's what we say here. It's a free place. And, and even my, I myself get uncomfortable at times. But it's a free place. I don't judge your altar like this. Don't judge my altar like this. 
It's an altar. There's lots of altars. And there's a moment there. So, so where is, so when we want the Lord to be remembered, and he'll be there, and he'll bless us. Now why? Or the when. Let's talk about when. There's five wins. All right, so when do we build altars? First, moments of transition. If you're taking notes, I've got points today. There's breakthrough. There is breakthrough in the house today. Aaron has an outline. He's got five points. It's amazing. Steve Justice, you'd be so proud of me today. If only you were here in person. So shoot me a good text. I love affirmation. So, so at any rate, first one, moments of transition. And transition is when God brings you from one season to another. And, and it's these seasons of maybe he saved you from something, but he's saving you to something. There's a change of season. There's a change of, of place. There's a change of geography. There's this change. So it's these seasons of transition. Maybe, maybe we, we build an altar because now the Lord blessed us with a spouse. Build an altar. Maybe he blessed us with a promotion or a new job or, or, or we're being taken out of something even we didn't plan for to be put in something good or bad. Build an altar. Maybe it's this, this season of change of, of a new home or, or different things. Build an altar there. Let me, let me show you what it says in the Bible. Noah, after the flood, when he descended, he landed the ark and he built an altar. There was a change of season. There was a change of place, right? When Abraham moved out of his father's house, he built an altar. When Joshua, when they came through the wilderness and they came across the Jordan, and just after they had been circumcised and all of these things, he's like, listen, I gotta make sure you have my back. Then they built an altar. And the last one that, that, that I want to reference is Solomon. Once they built the tabernacle and they went in it, they dedicated it, they built an altar. It's these change of seasons or things, and it's time to build some altars. Listen, we do a really great job in our culture building monuments to ourselves. I know there's guys, I, I'm a full-time firefighter, and, and I know at times when we make these, these monumental steps, going into our first fire, right? The rookie's supposed to buy steaks for the shift, right, Zach? There's these things, and sometimes it's a joke, sometimes it's like, yeah, there's a bit of truth to everything you say. Rookies buy those steaks. There's these promotions, and I know there's guys that will bless themselves with these different things, or if you get something or, or you obtain something, a lot of times we'll, we'll honor ourselves, right? I, I did something and got a little bit of income, so I blessed myself with a new shotgun just last week, all right? I bought something for myself. There's these things, these significance, and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them, but did you build an altar first? I think that's the thing with Mary and Martha was there wasn't anything wrong with what Martha was doing, getting ready for the dinner and all of what she was doing, but did she fall at his feet and worship him first? There's these things that we're really good at building our own monuments, building our own idols and building things and putting them on these pedestals when the Lord's saying in those transitions, build an altar. The second one is moments of triumph. When God shows up in such a way that you got a victory in an area that you either weren't expecting or that you were going for, build an altar. Glory. Triumph is, is a victory that the Lord did something. He saved you from something. He, he brought you out of that addiction. He brought you out of that depression. He brought you out of, out of that, that tragedy or whatever it was. There's this triumph that we had breakthrough in. Maybe it was a financial breakthrough. Maybe it was a relational breakthrough. Maybe he healed your marriage. Those are moments where we build altars. Moses leading the Israelites. The Malachites came to, to wage war on him. They came to attack him. And if you remember, they were up on this hill. And it's a story where Moses' arms were lifted by Aaron and Hur. And every time his arms were lifted, they would win the battle, right? They would, they would win. And then if he grew tired and they'd let his arms down, they'd begin to lose the battle. 
This was a moment of triumph. And here's, here's what Exodus says. Exodus 17, 14 through 15. It says, after the victory, the Lord instructed Moses. So remember, they, they won. This was after they whipped their butts, all right? And it says, after the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. He named it that the Lord is my banner. I want to make him famous. Something just happened where we just won this battle. We just had a moment of victory and triumph, and now we're going to build an altar and make his name famous and put it on a banner. If you recall, Revelation, it says that we're made overcomers by two ways. What? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The word of our testimony is bragging about what the Lord has done. That's a way of building an altar. That's a way to worship the Lord as we get to brag and make him famous and share our story. We had this big training at the fire department this week, and we had these ropes guys come in from, the, from Columbus area, and it was a really great training. We had about 20 of our guys in that, and they're hanging from ropes and rappelling and doing all this really cool stuff. And, and I, I came in early to get coffee and donuts. Fire department, not police department, but we still like donuts as well. <laughs> Ain't that right, my buddy Nick? So... At any rate, I had to get there early because I, I, I got to treat my guys good. So I'm in there, and the instructors are in there, and, and uh, he's like, so how was your night last night? I was like, well, I don't work through the night. I, I, I get to go home and sleep in my own bed and be with my family through the nights, which I'm very appreciative and blessed to be able to do that, and it helps me to lead here. So at any rate, I, I shared, I was like, I'm actually also a pastor outside the fire department, and he's like, man, what's your story? And this, this cool dude just asked me my story. He's like, man, what an incredible testimony. And he says, your parents must have been interceding for you. Because I share how I became an atheist and all of these things. And he's like, man, you, your parents must have been really interceding. And let me just tell you, they built an altar. When we went up to their house and they had this landing up above their stairs. And as I was a teenager growing up and drifting away from the Lord very, very far. And working on my testimony really, really hard. All of us kids, our pictures were on that altar. It was similar to this, maybe a little longer, and it was at the top of their stairs. Do you still have that altar? So, and on that altar are these pictures that were, that were of us kids and, and even some of the grandkids at that point and, and scriptures and family members and prayer requests on post-it notes all over their altar. They were building altars. They were building altars in trials and, and tragedies and triumphs, right? They were building an altar, and there was always an altar there. So yeah, I had a family that was praying, and they built an altar. Next, tragedy. Moments of tragedy. Let me just, let me just share this. I am a father's heart kind of guy. I love preaching on the father's heart, the goodness of God, that no matter our trial or circumstance, God's good. Our issues don't determine the integrity or goodness of God. Our trials, our tragedies don't. God's always good. But tragedy is inevitable. The Bible says every man is appointed a time to die. So at some point or another in our lives, we're going to face tragedy, whether that be death or just life. There are tragedies, and it's hard. But in those moments, build an altar. There's, there's nothing more significant that when we don't know where to turn to or we don't know what to do in that tragedy, we build an altar. Let, let me share a story, and I might expand on this because this was going to be today's message, um, but I changed it. So maybe in a couple weeks when I speak again or next week, I forget, I might share or dive into this. But there was a fire that I, that I had to make entry into a few years ago, and it was about a career ender for me because we lost a child in that fire. 
So I was first in, and I could not get in. There was furniture blocking the door that they were going to sell on Craigslist, and they had bought new furniture. I tried to dive in a window. My face piece melts, and all of these things. Long story short, uh, there's a child in there, a young child, about a year and a half old, that's inside, and we know it. We thought initially there were two, but the one ended up being at grandparents' house, thank the Lord. But the chiefs and those in command decided, listen, this fire's way too bad, and there is no longer any salvageable life. I had made entry, made it several feet into the, the, the first floor, had to back out and retreat because of heat. My partner pulled me by the leg out, and then I dove in the front, uh, the front top window, and I did a quick search in that bedroom, couldn't find anything in the bed or anything, pulled out, and then they rule it defensive. And I'm sitting there in my mask, it's dark, it's around midnight or 1 a.m. by that point, and, and I just remember thinking, man, I was so angry, and what I'm paid to do, what I'm trained to do, what I'm... What I took an oath to do, I can't do in this moment. And I knew there was a baby in there. But what I did was, and as I looked back, I didn't even recall it in the moment, but the, as a week went by, I looked back and I had this open vision of the reality of what happened. I bowed down at the front doors where spring water inside the structure from the outside, and I worshiped the Lord, and I just said over and over, God, you're good. God, you're good. And I remember saying, God, I don't understand this. You didn't cause this, but you're good. In that moment of tragedy, I didn't realize what I was doing, but I was building an altar. I was building and pulling from a well that I had had history with the Lord. There was in that moment of tragedy, I built an altar. I have some heroes in this place, and, and one's in the room right now, and a couple are watching online. But I have heroes that in their tragedies, they, they built altars, the tolls. I remember three years ago, they, they had just lost their son the previous April, and in January, three years ago, my wife and I went to their home to check on them, to have breakfast and brunch with them, said, what are you going after this year? They're like, we're going after thankfulness. We have so much to be thankful for. We want to just pursue the Lord in his presence. And in their tragedy, they were in midst of tragedy. They, they were still recovering from the heartache and the hardship and the trauma and tragedy of losing, uh, I think, I believe, a 23-year-old son who was a top-level wrestler, right, who tragically dies, and they're building an altar. Christy, who sits here today, who's a young lady with two small children, has lost two husbands tragically, unexpectedly, and as you meet with her, she will give you so much hope, encouragement, peace. And then like suddenly you think like your stuff's bad and you'll talk to Christy and it'll be like, oh man, I'm not, I'm not doing so bad at all. Why? Because she has built altars in these times of tragedy. She has learned to build altars and trust in the Lord that Lord, no matter what, you're gonna come through. No matter what, you're gonna provide for me. No matter what, she's a hero of mine. She still stands tall. Why? Because she has history with the Lord of building altars in these seasons and in these moments. Next one's Walt and, and Cheryl. My brother-in-law has lost job after job, un, unexpected issues, under industry changes, especially this last year. They had started up a new business, and every time he just builds an altar. He just got a job offer this past week. He's built altars in these times of tragedy, in these times of loss, and these are some heroes of mine. Next time, and let me, let me just give you a biblical reference. Job. Let me tell you what Job did and said after he lost his entire family. His entire family had just died. And in Job 1, 20 through 21, it says this. I'm almost done, all right? Only two more points after this. It says, Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. 
Then the Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. He had lost his entire family, and he's building an altar of praise unto the Lord. The next moment is trial. Slightly different than tragedy. Tragedy is something that happened. Trial is something we're currently walking through. All right, so there's a bit of a difference. Sorry, I need a Kleenex. So trial's significantly different than tragedy. All right, so these moments of trial might be, might be the financial thing you're walking through, maybe the relational thing that you're currently walking through, maybe some type of hardship or difficult season that you're walking through right now. It might be the coworker that you just don't like. <laughs> when you go to work every day and it's a difficult person, we call them EGRs, extra grace required. That might be a trial. You need to build an altar. It might be in your cubicle, you're building an altar. Each person got a nail today. Maybe that's the place you put your nail. That nail is symbol, symbolic, and if you're not here and you join us next week, we'll have them at the welcome desk. But these nails are symbolic of building an altar. We're gonna have some time at the end of service to do that, but it's time to build some altars. But in this, these moments of trial, we build altars. Let me tell you a story in the New Testament where an altar was built, and it's in Acts 16, 24 through 25. Paul and Silas, they're in this nasty dungeon basement of a prison, right? They're shackled, and it says this. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamp their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, everybody say it, it's, it's midnight. In our country, it's like the midnight hour. It's time to build some altars, amen? Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. And then we know the rest of the story. All of a sudden, an earthquake happened. The walls begin to shake. Listen, they're down there shackled. They're down there, and the spiders are probably crawling on them. There's these terrible conditions. And they begin to praise and worship and build an altar unto the Lord. And all of a sudden, freedom happens. In their trial, they build an altar, and then boom, freedom happens. Let me talk about the last one, and, and the band can come. Before we move on, many of us were, were in midst of trial. Many of you have been in trial for the last 11 months approximately now. It's been difficult one way or another, no matter how you look at it, no matter where you're at, and some greater than others, it's been a trial. It's time to build some altars. It's time to build some altars where we want the Lord's name to be remembered, where we want him to show up and show off, where we want him to, to give some blessings to us or the others that are involved in this. The last one that I'm gonna talk about is moments of thanksgiving. Jonathan Stockstill, who, who gave me a lot of inspiration for this message and, and uh, took a lot of notes from his, uh, he says this, he says, the quote is, the beginning of worship is thanksgiving. The beginning of worship is thanksgiving. For remember, talking about we enter his courts and we enter um, his courts with praise and thanksgiving, right? So, so as we enter into God's presence, as we enter into his courts and his inner courts and these places, his gates, there's praise and there's thanksgiving. The beginning of worship is thanksgiving. Let me, Hebrews 13, 15 says it like this in the Passion Translation. It says, so we no longer offer up a steady stream of blood sacrifices, but through Jesus, we will offer up to God a steady stream of praise sacrifices. There's been a transition to where now we don't have to bring a blood sacrifice, but we get to bring a praise sacrifice. These are the lambs we offer from our lips that celebrate his name. It's not about going through the motions or lifting our hands. I mean, that could be a legit sacrifice for many of us. 
But I'm talking about a spiritual sacrifice where we just give ourselves unto praise and thanksgiving, where we honor him and we, we create this space where we begin to build an altar unto him and we begin to trust him. That's an altar of praise where we literally surrender to him and no matter what's going on, we just begin to thank him. We begin to build these altars of thanksgiving. The other, last week I was, I was walking from our chicken coop to our house and it was dark and cold and I was like, oh, I was, just got home from work and I was grumpy. And I was like, man, I can't go in the house like this. So if the chickens are in, I'll go let them in for the girls so they don't have to do the chore that night. And I was like, grumpy, I was like, all right, I need to take a moment. And I just began to thank the Lord for the smallest things possible. Lord, thank you for those dumb chickens. <laughs> A couple of them have crossed beaks. They've got like some deformities. I'm like, Lord, thank you for those dumb chickens. <laughs> thank you for this property. Thank you for this home. Thank you for my, thank you for just the simple things. Thank you that I have a job right now. Thank you for the church. Thank you. And then I begin to just, I begin to turn into this thing and my heart began to shift. Thank you for my marriage. I'm blessed to have a good marriage. I'm blessed to have an amazing, hot, beautiful wife. He's incredible for our home. He's incredible for you guys. I began to thank the Lord for each of my children. This was just all in a, in a three-minute walk from the chicken coop to our home. And I, all of a sudden, my, my attitude, and, and I completely shifted. And when I walked in the door, I was greeted with, Daddy's home! And I began to just begin to celebrate with them because I was entering in with a heart and an altar of thanksgiving. Let me, let me share this with you. There's a story in the Bible, and ten lepers were healed but only one returned to thank the Lord. I don't wanna be the nine that got what I wanted and then left or departed or, or forgot about the Lord or forgot to even just give the thanks. There's such an integral, beautiful, amazing part of thanksgiving. He's not asking much. And, and if you think about it, the Jewish people, when they entered the temple, they could only enter if they had a sacrifice. And many of us come on Sundays without anything to give or sacrifice or in that mindset, or, or let me just rephrase that. Many of us think we have nothing to give. No, that's not true, because the Lord's not asking for much. He's just asking for you. He's asking for me. He's asking for our heart. He's asking for our altars. Let me close with this. One time in the Bible, there's really only one time the Lord built an altar, personally. And it was an altar that was built on Calvary. And it involved a cross. And he put Jesus on that cross. He who knew no sin became our sin. He became our propitiation. He became the ransom for us. He became the blood sacrifice for you and I. He gave all of himself to us. What are we giving to him? Why don't you stand with me? How do we respond to God's sacrifice? How do we respond to all of what he's done for us. Are we taking these moments, whether it be trial or tragedy or triumph or transition or thanksgiving, and are we building these altars in every moment of these things in our lives, or are we just going through life? I wanna be intentional with my time. I want my dash to make an impact. I want my legacy to be remembered not by what I built, or built a ministry. Listen, David wasn't remembered for, the, for the, him as a king, really. He was remembered because he was a man after God's own heart. And this, this altar here was so symbolic when I found it and, and remembering back to the property that I don't even want this church to remember it. How many people are there? How many, what's your attendance? No, I wanna, I wanna be remembered, man, that's a church that knows how to worship. 
That's a church that knows how to give thanksgiving. That's a church that knows how to press into the presence of God. That's a church that builds some altars. Far after I'm gone, that's what I'm hoping. That man, that, that founder, Greg Simmons, man, he, he built an altar before he built anything else. I wanna follow in that. I wanna be the Joshua to that Moses and just enhancing the vision to continue to build those altars. Joshua built the altars because he had a dad, a spiritual dad that showed him how to build an altar and do it under the Lord. That's what I want my life to be. You, you were given a nail when you came in. If, if you didn't get one, we'll, we'll make sure there's some here. But those are really symbolic. I, I want those, like, I know they're masonry nails, but I, they look cool, okay? But I want you to take that and maybe put it somewhere, maybe keep it, and my dad keeps a cross in his pocket. There's something of a memory stone. I, I meant to bring it up, but I forgot it in my office. I have a stone that I took, and I, everywhere I go somewhere that's, that's a memory or something pivotal or something that's life-changed me, I, I usually take a, a rock. <laughs> I steal rocks, okay? I repent, but I steal rocks. So I went to Cane Ridge, Kentucky this past summer with my kids and took them there. And it's where the Cane Ridge Revival took place, and I went to the chapel that was there and uh, walked around back, and the grounds hasn't been take cared for. And if you don't know, that's, that's where much of the American Revival started, and it branched out from there, and it was part of the, the Great Awakening, all right? And it was birthed in this thing where 30,000, roughly 30,000 people showed up to hear the gospel and to worship and to build an altar. So I took a stone. I took it and I, I put it in my car. I was like, it's my stone. I asked the Lord permission. He said yes. So anyway, I took this memory stone. And, and for me, that's, there was a moment there of Thanksgiving, a moment for me. And I built an altar in that place in my heart. And I took a memory stone for that. And, I, and it, it was this thing that was symbolic to me to thank and honor those who, who, who pilgrimaged all the way through there and the circuit riders that went on beyond and the denominations that, that were birthed from there and the revival movements that were birthed from there. And I just began to thank the Lord in that moment and walk that grounds, creating an altar and a memory stone. And I took that. So these nails are, are something similar. Make it meaningful to you. But I wanna give you some time. Zach's gonna lead us into some worship and then Corey's gonna close. But this is a time where we can build an altar to the Lord. Whatever that looks like for you, maybe you're in one of these five areas. Because let me just say, if you're not in any of the four, then you at least got the fifth to, to rely on for Thanksgiving. Maybe you're not going through tragedy. Maybe you're not going through trial or some of these transitions or whatever they be, may be, but you can be thankful. So let's together build an altar and Corey's gonna come and, and close. And, but let's take a moment here. So Lord, let us build an altar. Lord, in these seasons and, and wherever we want you to be remembered, in these moments, God, where, where we want you to show up, let us build altars in our hearts. Let us worship you. Let us worship. We know everything else will work out. Let us worship. Let us bless your holy name. Let's build some altars.